Welcome to Break Away from the Rat Race, a podcast series to awaken your entrepreneurial spirit and help you achieve financial freedom. On our show, you'll learn about investments and how to create passive income. Let's get started with your host, Eric Martel. Welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about opportunity zones. Uh, So I had a lot of questions about opportunity zones. It's something that's pretty new uh, that was uh, created by the tax cuts and job act and uh, so people are still kind of uh, looking for information on that and and, uh, so i'm hoping that i will be able to shed some light at least uh, to uh, to determine if this is something that you should look at in more details or if this is something that uh, you're just not uh, you know you don't have an opportunity really uh, to use the opportunity zones Um, So disclaimer, I'm an entrepreneur and a real estate investor, so I am not a financial advisor, an accountant or a lawyer. So I'm just sharing my personal opinion. If you want to use Opportunity Zones or any other of my advice, please seek professional assistance before doing so. And uh, every situation is different. um, So that's why you need to seek professional advice before making your own uh, investment. Um, so what is an opportunity zone? So this is opportunity zone is an area uh, that was uh, designed by each state uh, where they wanted to have additional economic uh, development. So it's really you can find an opportunity zone maps and it's going to identify which uh, census tract or which area of the map is part of an opportunity zone. Uh, the, the, it was designed to really to drive long-term investment uh, into the rural and low-income uh, communities, and um, so and it was created by the um, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017, and. Um, all these investments, you can't just go and invest directly into this. For each of these investments, they have to be uh, invested through something that's called a qualified opportunity fund. And what is a qualified opportunity fund? So what, it's a new class of investment. So that's created by the Tax Cuts and Job Act. And it's basically specifically designed to invest in opportunity zone. So, but it's the same kind of organization. It's still, you can still use a corp, you can still use an LLC, a partnership in order to uh, do that organization. So from that perspective, it's the same. It's just that you need to have some special wordings in your articles of organization uh, or operating agreement that basically says, you know, that this particular um, organization, corporation or LLC is designed to invest in uh, opportunity zone. So that's the opportunity fund. But what about that qualified part? So how do you qualify? So you have to have at least 90% of your uh, fund asset uh, invested in an opportunity zone. So that's the qualifying criteria. Um, You can invest in businesses. You can be uh, that qualified opportunity fund can invest in partnership and all kinds of, uh, of different things. Uh, But for the real estate, I'm really focused on real estate investment here. The fund must significantly improve the asset uh, by basically investing an amount greater than or equal to the amount or the cost basis of the structure. And that that amount of money needs to be spent over the next 30 months. So you actually have to do a schedule of how much money will be spent over the next 30 months. And then um, you want to be make sure you're on track for that to spend that amount of money for that period of time. 
so if you don't meet these criteria, then you are not qualified opportunity fund and you should really be looking at a different vehicle uh, in order to invest in, um, in that area. It might still be a good opportunity to invest in there. In fact, we do have an opportunity that uh, we, uh, an apartment building we invested in that is located in the qualified opportunity zone, but we're not doing significant, we're doing significant uh, rehab to the property, but not to the extent that uh, is required by the qualified opportunity fund. So we're not using that vehicle in this case. Uh, so that qualified opportunity fund invests in an opportunity property, opportunity zone property. As I said, it could be a business. So it could be via stock or partnership into a restaurant, into uh, all kinds of uh, different businesses that, are, that is located in the opportunity zone, but it could also be a tangible property. So such as real estate. So this is what uh, we're really particularly interested in and what most people are interested in, in terms of the opportunity zones. Uh, but there are two tax benefits why we are do interested uh, in opportunity zone. The first one is a temporary uh, tax deferral of, for capital gains that you invest in qualified opportunity fund. So, um, and you can get up to 15% of the original investment that basically eliminated from taxation, basically becoming tax free. Uh, so as you can imagine, there are some strings attached to that. Um, so if you are, uh, if you sell your investment uh, after five years, um, you would get only 10% of that would be eliminated, of your original investment would be eliminated from taxation. So nine, you would have to pay taxes, capital gains tax on 90% of that original investment. If you uh, wait seven years before selling, then you would reach that 15% uh, elimination uh, or pay 85% on that original investment. So if an investor holds their investment up until uh, December 2026, uh, no matter what, whether they hold or they sell, they would have to pay taxes on 85% on their original investment. So at this is a, a trigger point at 2026, um, you have to declare your 85% of your capital gains and you have to pay taxes on that, whether you still hold that investment or whether you, um, you're selling it that year. Um, the other the second tax benefit is that the profit made by the qualified opportunity fund is tax-free if you hold your investment for 10 years or more so this is something that's very interesting and very important obviously um, so uh, example so i just thought i would look from the taxpayer's perspective and come up with an example of what the opportunity zone uh, would look like with some real numbers. So let's say on September 1st, 2018, a taxpayer sells his apartment building for a million dollars. So here we're going to have the gains right here, a million dollars. And then uh, the next thing is that they want to invest in, an in a qualified opportunity fund and that qualified opportunity fund will uh, buy an apartment building that needs obviously significant um, renovation. So I was looking for an investment that could, where we could maximize, really use maximize, maximum leverage on that $1 million 
So, um, so what kind of property can I buy for, for that? So while maintaining basically pretty much zero cash flow, I don't want to have to put more money into it than necessary. I want to make sure that my rehab cost is at least equal, is great, is equal to the amount of the structure. And then that's why I came up with the purchase price of about 1.3, 1.4 million dollars. And then having to do a rehab for 1031 and then being able to use maximum leverage 60% of the purchase price plus 100% of the rehab cost in terms of financing and then paying the, the basically the um, assuming some gross rent using the uh, an 8% cap for the net operating income to pay the loan so that we end up with a net cash flow of zero so that's how I came up with that purchase price um, and then that works out pretty good um, then um, the next thing that I want to look at is uh, it's going to take a couple a certain amount of time to um, to stabilize the property we're making a million dollars in rehab in a building that we purchased for 1.3 million dollars um, so I'm assuming that after two years we can really increase the rent by 75% so which is pretty significant and then um, we have a different NOI here for, um, for after stabilization all right now as we mentioned before so this is our investment we have an apartment building we finished the rehab after two years the rents are up 75 percent our NOI is 192 compared to what it was one hundred and ten thousand dollars after two years I think that's pretty good that's a pretty good deal it sounds very good to me um, so next step 2026 you have to pay taxes 85 percent uh, of the original investment or so on eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars uh, I'm assuming like a 30% tax bracket, so you're gonna have to pay $255,000 in 2026. So your invest, your money is is still in the qualified opportunity fund. So you're gonna have to come up with with that money, um, and then, so assuming you have that money, uh, then you're gonna sell that property. Um, so we we bought the property at 8% cap. Uh, I'm assuming that we are the significant amount of rehab that we've done and I'm assuming that the neighborhood is getting better and all of that uh, then that we're gonna sell at 7% cap rate so obviously an improvement in the property in the situation I'm also assuming that is a, the NOI is increasing 2% per year um, which seems to be kind of like the, uh, the average that I looked at online and then basically all of that the sole price assuming the seven percent cap rate would be 3.2 million dollars and then that would be for a total gain when i look at the amount of money i put in if i look at the uh, um, there was no cash flow obviously but if i look at uh, the taxes that i paid as well i would end up with a gain of 815 and then I would uh, pay taxes. Actually, in this 815, we don't take into account the, the tax payment. So we just look at the uh, the property, the purchase price, the, the rehab cost, how much we sold it at, and then calculate the gain this way. There's no taxes, so it's still the same amount of money. In the net cash after tax, so this is when I take into account the $255,000 that we paid in 2026. So when we look at all this, we end up with a 4.6% um, annual rate. Over a 10-year period, we end up with 4.6% um, annual rate. So this is where we are as a taxpayer. Um, so an example of, uh, of that. Um, 
so there are some risks to that. I mean, if you're just a taxpayer and you want to invest in a qualified opportunity fund, uh, you want to make sure that you vet the managers of the qualified opportunity fund. So it's pretty new for a lot of people. So you want to make sure that you're going to go with someone that is at least familiar with, uh, with development or significant rehab on some of these properties. You will still have to pay taxes in 2026. So you have to be prepared for that. Um, there might be some risk also that the neighborhood itself is not improving as much or as expected. Um, so if you're expecting that, so that may affect your cap rate at sale time. Um, so this is something that you need to, to look into. Uh, so there are also many unanswered questions. Um, so this, is, this law is fairly new or this, uh, this vehicle is pretty new. So there are a lot of um, questions out there and what happens and, and what if this happens. And um, so, you know, this, this is what we have to, um, to look at and how this will be addressed uh, in, um, by the IRS. So this is something that, um, that will have to be, you know, so it's an unknown really that you have to, you can't really plan for, but it may affect your taxes unknowingly, right? Um, so, um, so yeah, you have to uh, look at that. If you have, uh, you may want to look at a lawyer, uh, talk to a lawyer or a counsel to basically figure out if this is something for you in here. Um, now, I want to look also at compare. So, opportunity zone seems pretty good. Uh, what about 1031 exchange? How does that compare to 1031 exchange? Right, because right now we've, we're doing. I sold an apartment building to in order to invest in a qualified opportunity fund. That was my example as a taxpayer. So now I want to look at what does that look like um, if I was instead of doing that, I was doing a 1031 exchange, and still get all my cash um, cash out. Right, so I still have my gain of a million dollars. Right, and then um, so the same gain here, but then I'm going to do fully leverage, but on a stabilized building. Of course, I could invest in uh, a value add building. That would be great. I just thought I would do it as um, just to make it simple as a, a fully leverage on a stabilized building. Uh, so you would be able to get 80% uh, of uh, in financing. And then um, basically you invest in the apartment building so you have gross rent net operating income i'm assuming again eight percent cap uh, net cash flow per year and then you pay taxes on that net cash flow so again 30 percent bracket so you'd be making sixty thousand dollars or so uh, in net cash flow from that property and then um after so there's no stabilization so the gross uh, the net noi after stabilization is the same as before stabilization uh, so no changes there. Um, in terms of the, the rest, we sell at 8% cap. So you remember that when we did the opportunity zone, because we were doing so much uh, rehab to the property, we thought that we would be able to sell the property at a 7% cap rate. Here is the same cap rate uh, that we go in as, as uh, when we sell. So 8% cap rate, and then we pay taxes on that 8% cap rate. So this is our gain. And this is after tax what we have, and uh, normally uh, the taxpayer they wouldn't do they wouldn't sell the property. Um, they would basically do another 1031 exchange into into a different property if this is what they choose. So they would basically leverage like basically one point the one million dollar equity plus their gains, and then they would put that into another property. But instead, we're assuming here that they're going to sell uh, their uh, their property and get everything out uh, tax after tax. 
just like we did for the opportunity zone. So we have our million dollars, we have our $600,000 profit, and we also have the $60,000 in cash flow that accumulated over 10 years. I'm assuming actually 0% interest on that. So you end up with $2.2 million on that one and an 8.3% um, annual return so it's significantly better and not only that but I'm not even I'm just buying a stabilized property I'm not even looking for a value-add property I could do better if I was to look for a value-add property uh, but I just thought I would keep it uh, keep it simple no problems on the 1031 exchange because you know that's often what they, they would do they would find something that's stabilized um, so that's that's my comparison between the two. So obviously, 1031 exchange significant uh, uh, significantly better in this particular scenario when we compare the opportunity zone and that. It may be different in other scenarios. For example, if it's a completely off the ground development in opportunity zone, so you know you have to look at the opportunities obviously. But I just thought I would share this particular example with you. Um, so how do we take advantage of that? Uh, as a taxpayer um, so for my thinking is that for gains that don't qualify for 1031 exchange so if you have like if you sold your uh, primary residence or if you had um, stock market gains uh, really you don't have much choice the uh, opportunity zone is the only way really the, uh, to uh, to do tax deferment there's really nothing else so, um, but for gains that qualify for 1031 exchange, so you kind of have a choice here. So you may tend to, don't this uh, still look at 1031 exchange and see what that looks like, uh, because you don't have any time limit on the deferment. You don't have to pay taxes at the end of 2026, um, and then you can also uh, you don't have to wait 10 years. I can with my 1031 exchange, I can also do. I can basically sell the property or do another 1031 exchange after five years and there's no uh, uh, tax impact uh, on me. So it's a lot more uh, flexible. And, um, and then you can do additional deferment after, the, um, after your initial period into a 1031 into another property after that. So as opposed to the opportunity zone, you ended up all you know, tax, after tax dollars that you have to reinvest. So you have a choice to make if your gains qualify for 1031 exchange. So look at the opportunity and really walk through the scenarios and make sure that it makes sense in your particular situation. As, a, as an investor, a real estate investor, so how do you take advantage of uh, the uh, opportunity zone? Well, I, I'm thinking that you have really two options here. You can really say uh, and decide that you want to do opportunities on you're very serious about it and my recommendation is that um, you have to define a, a specific strategy to use opportunities on this completely different animal and um, so you have to really look at it as, as a different type of investment altogether so and there's a couple of reasons first of all there's the opportunity zones themselves um, so if I look at, normally we look at different markets and different areas and kind of a neighborhood, and then we focus on that. In this particular case, you want to look at the opportunity zones and you want to find the best opportunity zone that would offer the maximum potential for the kind of business that you, you are doing. Um, the other thing that you want to look at is really kind of identify and define uh, the investment criteria. 
now that you have the market the opportunity zone what's the median price there what kind of uh, of a neighborhood is it what kind of property should you be looking at and etc and then really looking at uh, all the um, all the example um, uh, all the numbers i mean to identify what are the criteria for the investment that's going to be profitable uh, for you and your investor and finally can you find the right capital um, so it's not you know, it's, easy, it's a little bit easier to find people that have 401k money that want to invest with you or people that have cash that want to invest with you. Now you have to find, uh, you have to entice people that have capital gains, either in their primary resident or stock market, that uh, want to leverage the opportunity zone. So this is, they would be uh, particularly eager, I would think, to do a tax deferment on their gains that are non 1031 exchange and to invest that in opportunity zones so you have to find that capital so if you're not already connected with these kinds of uh, of investors then this is something that you're going to have to do otherwise you're not going to you know if you if you're going to have to find a completely sort new source of capital and that could take a while to network into this um, this group of people um, otherwise, the other strategy, if uh, you're not or you don't already have that, is uh, to basically maintain your current investment strategy uh, and just be aware that uh, the opportunity zones are out there. And if you find something, uh, an opportunity that would be appropriate for an opportunity zone, then you know that just adds another uh, potential avenue, basically for for funding your um, your project or for moving forward with an investment. So there's just something that to be aware of uh, in that particular case, instead of building a whole strategy uh, around that. Um, so this is uh, all I had today. If you have uh, any additional questions, feel free to reach out to me and um, and well, uh, I'll try to answer them as, uh, as much as I can. Thank you very much. And we'll Thank talk you for to you listening later. to Break Away from the Rat Race with your host, Eric Martel. If you want to share your story and experience with our listeners, please message us on Facebook at Break Away from the Rat Race. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes.